This is a Kirkendall Barrett presentation, darling. <laughs> you can touch it if you want. Ladies, if you want to meet a man, check your storage closet. Come on, Kendall, take off your shirt and go camera shopping at Best Buy. Good shirt. That's not bad, sir. Yeah. Well, it was gratuitous. Yeah, it was. I like a good grizzled man sometimes. A lifetime of Hallmark. Well, hello, everybody. It is your favorite day of the week. It is time for another episode of A Lifetime of Hallmark, where we talk about your favorite movies on both Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel and try to make sense of them. I'm Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bowers. Oh, you're doing the voice again. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. And hello, Kirk Fitzpatrick. Hello, that's Kirkendall Barrett, and hello, Jason Bowers. Yes, I am on the road right now. I am in Orlando, Florida, where I am doing my show, The Real Black Swan, Confessions of America's First Black Drag Queen at the Orlando Mini Fringe Festival. And as we started to record, I realized part of the cool thing about doing different festivals is a lot of the patrons will put the performers up in their homes. And so I realized as the podcast was started, oh yeah, that's right. I'm not in my own house. So maybe <laughs> maybe I should be a little quieter. Oh, okay. Do they watch uh, Lifetime and Hallmark movies where you're staying? I don't know. I don't know. I, I should find that out. How did you not lead with that when you introduce yourself? I am Les Kirkenal Barrett, host of a Lifetime of Hallmark podcast. Right. But I did run into one of our friends who does listen. Okay. Who's that? John. Oh, yeah. He does listen. Does, yeah. Is he a regular, regular listener now? He he would think, what was he saying? Oh, actually, because he, he was like, he was like, oh, my God, you were recording from a hotel lobby? So I was like, wow, he does listen. <laughs> our friend John. And a fan of the show, apparently. That's great. Hi, John. Yes. Um, his, and he actually, his show, I was going to try to catch his show tonight, but it's actually going on as we speak. Oh. So I've I'll catch it. it later. I watched but, the yeah. video of it. What's it called? How I Met My Mother? How I Met My Mother. Yeah. Um, every, yeah, also, this is kind of cool because all sorts of people who I, we know from traveling and touring, because this is how I met Kurt, by the way, is like, touring different festivals so a lot of people who i have not seen in years are here so it's kind of fun yeah we met back in can i say the year 2005 yes. uh, 2005 yes. in cincinnati and in i remember cincinnati. it was like i got a bad review and like it was like a like it was like later in the festival and we were kind of out we're all out and uh les took me to the side and said listen don't worry about the review you know she doesn't know what she's talking about Aw. See, I was nice. Uh, what changed? I, I know, right? <laughs> I was life. Life. I was, I was. And then he walked away and said, I'll force him to watch Hallmark movies for years on end. Right. <laughs> little, little did we know. Yeah, you are really doing the long con here, Les. <laughs> <laughs> little did we know that I would, like, harass you forever. <laughs> Back then, he was comforting all the young men. Right. <laughs> I I almost want to use that as a segue to the news that we got right before the podcast, but I feel like it's inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, yeah, that would be. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This this would be good for our 
Patreon. If we had a Patreon, we could talk. Right. We could have a little special episode. I, I think we can right. we can talk about the news. I th- I just think we should. I I shouldn't have connected it at that point. So let's pretend yeah. that that I didn't. You have to reveal it now. Well, yeah, yeah. we we were right before we started recording this on Thursday, January twelfth at six twenty one p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we got the news that Lisa Marie Presley had passed away. And what's so crazy is that last week Adam Rich from Eight Is Enough passed away, and they were the exact same age. Yeah, Isn't I have I have met both Lisa Marie and. Priscilla Presley at different times. Wow. Wow. I love Priscilla Presley because she was Jenna wow. Wade on Dallas. Oh, I but wait, how did that happen? How, how did you meet them? Priscilla was just like randomly, I was in an elevator once with her. And then, um, uh, and then uh, Lisa Marie, I used to work for a big syndicated radio show. Uh, and she had an album out that she was promoting. So she came in and was in the studio that day. Okay. Wow, I remember it's so took, crazy. I remember it took her a long time to actually come out with an album. Like she certainly had the option; she she could have come up with something when she was younger. But wasn't she like forty when she finally? The, yeah, that's when that's when I met her. It was during that time. Yeah, yeah. And I just read she lost all of her money. Really? How? In, in twenty eighteen. How so? Like bad a bad business manager. She lost oh. all of her. She lost all of her. She was worth like at one point a hundred million dollars, and she lost it. Wow. Well, she was, I still, she, she was still she was still in debt, which I was like, oh, wow, geez. like oh my god. I would think she would keep generating money though. She still has has some ownership there, right? It was I'm a sure shady the business manager. Yeah, I, was it like a Bernie Madoff thing? I didn't know if it was a Bertie Madoff thing, but it was just a business business manager shenanigans because she was suing him. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, wouldn't that just you know? I was interested about Adam Rich because we've heard we keep hearing stories about the the gentleman who played uh, Data in the Goonies, who's now in um, Everything Everywhere at Once. He's winning yes. all kinds of awards. Yep. He's won like. He's probably going to win the Oscar. He's, he's won. If there's anyone that's Kihoi Kwan, if if there's anyone yeah. that is a lock to win an Oscar this year, I think it's him. I mean, you Best see the list of the, ever. Yeah. Look at the list of critic awards. It is overwhelming. He's won like every critic award across the land. It's the a good combination of uh, a fantastic performance in a fantastic original movie combined with what a great story. You know, what a great narrative around him that he hasn't really acted in about 30 years. He's been working behind the scenes as like a stuntman and stuff. And is presented with this incredible role that you don't really see Asian men get that often. And it, it's a movie centered around Asian people. I think there's just so many wonderful things sort of aligning for him. Yeah, it really I, is. He's so likable. He's so humble. Like, it's amazing. Like, there's a Hollywood Reporter. If anyone gets a chance, watch these Hollywood Reporter, uh, Hollywood Reporter roundtables. And he's in a roundtable with uh, Brendan Fraser, Adam Sandler, uh, Austin Butler, a couple other people. Um, and he's just, he's just so humble and, like, so thankful to be there. Yeah, and, and first of all, I love the fact that he and a couple of the Goonies are, like, still friends. Oh, like, which <laughs> well, one? one guy is an entertainment lawyer. Uh, yeah, it is his lawyer. Yeah. 
but I was thinking about that. I said, this is a good example of it. Of it, of it child actor did well he's close to the age of adam rich who kind of went yeah. went the other way so it's yeah. kind of you know and, and number two i kind of dig him i'm kind of like i find him kind of attractive i don't in most scenarios but if you've seen everything everywhere all at once there is um a a timeline where he's uh this sort of like rich businessman and he's wearing a tuxedo and he looks very debonair in in that tuxedo oh, that, and that was that because yeah i was watching that that was the, the movie one of the movies i watched on uh, my flight back from the uk okay. and i was like in those scenes i was like hmm, hmm i could go there had you not seen the movie before <laughs> pardon had you not seen the movie before that i had not i no. i would recommend first of all did you like it i loved it yeah. i I've seen it twice since I've been back. Yeah, I would. Oh, re- oh okay. So you have seen it because I was going to say I would watch that on a larger screen. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to watch it again. Oh, I saw it on the big screen. That was that's one of the yeah one of the movies I went to see last year. I, I'm going to watch it again though. And, and you know it is screener time, so we'll probably be getting we will probably be either getting it in the mail or our links like next week. Well, they just announced yeah. the SAG nominee, so those links might even be live now. Ooh. I didn't see it yet. But I know our audience always loves that when we, we talk about the... Uh, there are people out there who enjoy when we start talking about union rules and things like that. Uh, but yeah, we will be watching the SAG Awards. We'll be... Because we're voting. Yeah. We, all, yeah, we, we have vote. to vote. This is the first year in a while where I've actually been excited about prospective nominees. Right. But don't you love it though? We get a say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Our vote counts. Power. President Drescher wants you to do your duty. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I'll watch every movie. Oh, me too. I'll do my best. Sometimes I, I can't. Sometimes I don't get to see something or, you know, but I, I really do do my best. That It was last year vote or a couple of years ago voting is how I got hooked on Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. There you go. Are you watching yeah, Abbott Elementary? No, but I, I'm sure I will starting next week. It's really good. It really, <laughs> so, truly is. It, it, it's one. worth all the praise it's getting. Which is good. Yeah. And speaking of praise, do you have any Black China news? Doing a piece of China. 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 I'm talking China. The Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. I was just going to say that Jennifer Coolidge won a Golden Globe. I'm working on it. All right, so. It kind of sounds like this. I'm working on it. Oh, it's one in the yeah, back I, of the shop. I want a Kong Globe. Okay. All right. So I'm working every, every week. I, I practice a little bit. All right. So here we go. This is from the U S sun. Oh, they have an advertisement for Prince Harry's book, which I, which uh, a member of our show is listening to. I'm listening to the book now on audible. You'll see that right now. Okay. So we'll get back to that. So this is a, uh, this article says that black China uh, has been sued by singer Ali, Eliana Fisher for stealing the chorus of her original song, Hate Me Too. The U.S. Sun has exclusive, exclusively obtained court documents claiming that China, whose real name is Angela White, infringed a copyright in the rap song, Doom. Um, Eliana, a California singer and former Playboy model, released the song, Hate Me Too, on October 11th, 2018 on SoundCloud featuring rapper Jordan Lee. 
Now, just as a, my own commentary, I couldn't find this song. I tried to look it up to listen to it. It's, it doesn't seem to be on YouTube or anywhere. Like Zeus TV? <laughs> It's not anywhere. It it's not anywhere. Maybe, maybe she moved it from SoundCloud to Zeus TV. <laughs> maybe, maybe she did. It's, it's, it's behind a paywall. What's it called? Okay. Hate Me Too? Hate Me Too. So and is it T-O-O or the number called... two or what? what is the two? T-O-O. Okay, I'm going to look it oh, up. Okay. But there are, I found songs with that title, but not by this woman. Ileana signed a Sony distribution deal and her album Fugo was distributed with Hate Me Too as an included track. China released her music video for Doom on YouTube in 2021. According to court documents, Eliana claims China plagiarized the lyrics and rhythm of Doom for her song, Hate Me Too. Both songs have the same chorus where the singer singers repeat the lines, if I were you, I would hate me too, four times. In May 2021, Eliana filed her first complaint with the Los Angeles Superior Court claiming China really just repeat and repeat and repeat. This article sounds like it could be like two little paragraphs in the tip. Anyway, um... By September 2020, the case was dismissed because copyright infringement is a federal legal crime. It needs to be brought to a federal courthouse. Eliana refiled the complaint in the federal courthouse in November 2022. What is this? Who, what is this person's name again, Kurt? Eliana looks like I guess it's I L I A N A Fisher. Isn't that the name of um, Sasha Baron Cohen's wife? No, that's Isla Fisher. Oh, okay. I wonder if they're related. Ileana Fisher. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't find it here either on SoundCloud. No. Look for it. Maybe, maybe she pulled it down, though. I don't maybe know. Maybe she's like, I'm it's... not letting people steal this. I don't know, but that article could, as I said, it could have been, it could have been told in about three sentences, but they kept repeating. I, I didn't write the article. Uh, all I have to say is, Angela, China, come on. Stay out of court. Stay out of court. Well, then the article, this is another article where the, I think it was the person was paid by the word because then it then it goes into the Rob Kardashian thing. It goes into the woman, yeah. the, you know. They're, the, they're, trying, the to, they're trying to fill out a page so that, um, A, they can sell ads, but, B, it's searchable, um through search engine optimization. So you want to put in keywords that people are searching a lot because then your website comes up at the top of the pack. So what are the words like yeah. black China court? Probably Kardashians, probably lawsuit, probably like, you know, curvy figure, you know, like all, all the, all the like things that they put in these entertainment stories that you right. see in every entertainment story. That's why. Well, I, you know, and you know what? You know we love you, Black China, but you gotta stay out of court for a little while. That should be your new year, your resolution for twenty twenty three. Stay out of court. No, oh, that's good. It's not too late to make reservations. You can fight as much as you want. You can fight. You can punch bitches as much as you want. You could wear as many outfits as you want, but just stay out of court. I feel like for the purposes of our entertainment on this show and our love of Black China and all news pertaining to her, I disagree. I think she, more. Really? Yeah, go to court more. See, I want to. I want to see China, like you know, have a come up. I want to, you know. I think those two things can have a a Venn diagram of overlap. Like she's getting sued, but over here she's doing all these amazing things. Right. It sort of stays it, busy. Yeah, counters the lawsuits. Speaking of court, motherfuckers brought back night court. 
Oh, did yeah. you watch it? No, talking about it hasn't premiered yet. It looks so bad. Your friend Marky Post. Your friend Marky Post is no longer with us, Les. Yeah, I know. No, I know. Uh, no, Mark, Harry Anderson. Marky Post was my buddy. Like seriously. Where's Marcia Warf- uh, Warfield? She's she's around. They didn't put her back on the show. Every day, every day for like three years, I used to hike Runyon Canyon every morning. And every morning, Marky Post and two of her friends, two, these three ladies, would hike, and we'd pass each other every morning at the same time. And we got to the point that we'd stop and chat in the morning. So she was my buddy. What would you did talk to Marky Post about with her in it? Oh yeah, we did watch a movie with Marky Post. And I think we talked to the writer of the movie that Marky Post was in. Did we? Did did Jim Matson write one of those movies or Somebody something? Did and I bit my I bit my tongue about I didn't bring up, you know, the Marky Post rumor. Don't what? be talking about Marky Post. What's the rumor? Well, Marky Post allegedly had it a fair with Bill Clinton. Well, good for her. I feel like you've brought this up on the podcast before. I don't remember hearing that back in the day, though. I think it was when he was governor, though. I think it was before he was president. But I don't know. Like, I wasn't there. And I remember I was biting my tongue. I talked about this before because I think we talked to somebody who worked with her. And so I bit my tongue. I didn't want to bring it up. Well, I did. Well, I you know, though, I heard that. And like, I repeatedly bring it up on the show. I heard that that old school Bill Clinton had like something, like something, something like a magnet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I he mean, did. like I, I've never found him physically attractive, but I see the the charm uh, attractiveness there for sure. Mm-hmm. I remember my 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 mom had thoughts for him. She's like, "Yes, he is good looking." <laughs> no. Otherwise, she was a big fan of his. But he could lure you in. I'll tell you. He could, he could lure you in, play the saxophone. Allegedly. Mark. Allegedly. Um, Allegedly could play the saxophone. <laughs> Allegedly could play the saxophone on Ar- Arsenio. Yeah. Anyway. What if I find out that my mom had something with Bill Clinton? And Bill Clinton's my father. Maybe. What if? Kurt Clinton. Ooh. That, that would get us some listeners. Well, you better get him on the show if he was your... <laughs> And your sister, True. Chelsea. Yeah, they do need to come on. Some sir Chelsea. I'm sure Chelsea watches the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> I feel like Bill probably does, too. Probably. Hillary I bet they listen to this show. podcast. No, Hillary's on at a lifetime. Like, Hillary gets very excited when a black hoodie comes on screen. Right. Hillary, Hillary's watching the wrong teacher or something. Yeah. I would be surprised if they listen to this podcast podcast because i heard they hang out like starbucks stuff like that well down clinton's there. you're always welcome on the show indeed. always indeed especially we won't bring up marky post no except we exactly. just did we just did we already did i got it on my system for about a year so <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay so this movie was horrible no, no this is the wedding empathy wedding fail uh, expectations. Yes. And I had expectations that were not met. I, my expectations were met fully. So that's why I have no empathy for you not liking this movie less. 
This movie got so bad at one point. I started taking pictures and sending them to our thread of me dead on the floor. Which is good for our Instagram. What's going on with our Instagram? Because those pictures are great for that. I'll put them I was Because I was like, you know, I was like, because at one point I mm-hmm. looked at the clock and it literally had been 30 minutes. And I was like. Three? 30. Like a half wow. an hour. I, the only reason I think I was able to suffer through this movie relatively unscathed is because I was watching it on, uh, was it Monday? night i think it was monday night was so we had uh, we've had a lot of rain here in california and here in west hollywood where i live it was pouring so hard and for so many hours i've got video of out on my street and i live on kind of a hill but it's it's still very like wide you know city street and the water was pouring down my street so fast that it looked like a river no way really yeah, yeah. it was insane wow. so i you know i was stuck inside i couldn't go anywhere anywhere i was like oh, i guess i'll watch this movie is it true that studio city like there was a sinkhole or something uh that was chatsworth oh oh okay because someone because i was i because like i said i'm here in florida and someone after a show walked up to me and said did you hear about what's going on in california there was a sinkhole in a place called studio city and i was like wait what I don't think there was one. Well, there might have been one there too, but but it you know that's an area where they're kind of if you're going along say Laurel Canyon, the you could definitely have some mudslides and things. Well, you got to be sure. careful, Florida. Florida, you've got alligators coming out of puddles. But that's like the well, that's like the baseline there. I'm in Orlando. I'm in Central Florida. Here, I'm going to send you. I'm in Orlando. There. You're close to Orlando. Well, you're in Orlando, aren't you? I'm in Orlando. I just sent you yeah. guys the video of, of what it looks like. Okay. Oh, so take a look of, of, of the, the water coming down my street. Yeah, we'll describe this to our audience. Yeah, you know, yeah, because you do. And your hill, the hill on your street's pretty, pretty steep, yeah. too. Okay, I'm looking at uh, this. Yeah. So it, it rarely rains there. Is that that's what right. happens? Oh, my God. I'm and it, it sounded like rapids. Yeah. So yeah, it does, it doesn't oh, rain. Wow. I mean, it, it yeah. does rain in California, but not not oh, when yes. it rains. It's like it, it'll drizzle for a little bit. We de- we don't normally have like steady rain for more than say an hour. We get a lot of mist and like oh maybe it'll rain at some point. But that day we had Ooh. pouring rain almost the entire day. That looked like that could knock somebody over. Yeah. It really was like I saw people getting out of like Ubers and stuff on my street, and I was I felt so bad because they were like knee deep in water. Wow, you that's crazy! You guys aren't ready for this. No, there's no, no drainage here. This weather's screwing things up. All of a sudden, here on the East Coast, all of a sudden it gets like super warm. Mm-hmm. So like greens are starting to come up. It's like it's it's January. Yeah, really. And they say global warming's a hoax. The weeds coming up. It's like, hey, get back down there. Anyway, this movie was a hoax. No, it was not. I I protested when Les initially suggested to Kurt and I that we watch it. I said, it's going to be terrible. And then we decided on watching it because you guys knew that I would be angry about it. So I think it's funny that Les is even angrier. I'm so angry. I rediscovered love for this movie. What? What were like honestly, Les? What were you expecting this to be or to do for you emotionally? Well, see, the last ones I kind of liked them. 
I like the 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 main characters and the actors portraying them, mm-hmm. but the pr- problem with Hallmark movies in general, but especially when they're trying to revisit characters, is there's never any real stakes for what's going on. So trying to continue a story that didn't have much tension to begin with is you're uh, it's just dragging it out and longer and longer like like we know what's going to happen we don't care right you know and i liked it because sammy's in it sammy from days of our lives because i love her well this movie is exactly what i expected same uh uh, wedding expectations but they say you gotta have ups and downs like a heartbeat. When the heartbeat flatlines, you're dead. Well, I was dead. I do one of the things I got out of this movie is I learned how to line. pretend like I was dead and take pictures of myself. That was part of your experience of watching this, this movie. So you, that has to add to it. Well <laughs> I watched some, it. I texted my husband. You know, did some errands, did some did some work. So, I but I paid attention. Oh, I, I think I gave this my full attention. <laughs> we better get started on this, man. Okay, so we see it. We, we see a montage. <laughs> then we see a city. And we we should preface for anyone that for whatever reason is maybe new to the podcast or hasn't watched a lot of Hallmark in the past two years. Last year, Hallmark debuted a trilogy of movies uh, all under the umbrella of The Wedding Veil. Like had Wedding Veil and then like a subtitle name. So this is the fourth movie now from this series uh, starring Lisa Chabert, uh, who's a big Hallmark queen. Autumn Reeser, who is a newer Hallmark queen, who used to be on, was it the OC? Yeah. He was the OC. And then, uh, um, who played Sammy? Um, Allison Sweeney. Allison Sweeney, who's from Days of Our Lives and also a big Hallmark queen. So, yeah. and they, they'll do, each of them will have a movie focus on them while the other two are still featured in the movie. So they can put all three of their names in the credits. And I'm used to yeah. seeing Allison Sweeney play Sammy Brady where she's like totally evil. So it cracks me up to watch her in movies like this where she's supposed to be like saccharine sweet. She's good. Yeah, no, and I had a family. Okay, okay. I know, go ahead. I was going to say, we had a family friend from Pennsylvania visit sometime last year, and I told her I'd do this podcast. And she said, she said, have you seen this Wedding Veil movies? It's like, yeah. That was so humiliating. And she's like, you're quite the romantic, huh? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I love that you describe three. it as, as humiliating that you watch these movies. <laughs> all three movies I'd seen. Well, now you've seen four. <laughs> And apparently, yeah, according to less in our chat today, we're about to see five, asshole. Well, because, because you know what, though? I think because Jason has seen the Godfather. The guy. What did Jason you say? Jason has seen the Godfather, and he's watching six wedding veil movies. Yeah, right? I think, I think the Italian guy's hot, though. I don't even know who you're talking about. Who's the Italian guy? There's an Italian guy. He plays Autumn Reeser's now husband in the movies. I don't remember a thing about these fucking things right after I finished watching it. Like, I, while we were, I was watching this one, I had to, like, look up, like, who are these, like, who's, 
which kind like and, really and they're bringing back characters in the other one i'm like oh the, the she went to a restaurant in that first one i don't remember that but okay he's a character in this one again well autumn reaser's character was married to this hot italian guy who wore really cute turtleneck combinations oh i remember I a you picture d- of the tv screen because i loved the color coordination of his turtleneck I, I remember that. I remember that detail more than I remember these movies, and I'm not saying that as a joke. I do remember you talking about his fashion. I remember something about his yep. family was like, like big in the lace industry or whatever. Yes. So they like that's he where the lace, this fucking veil comes in. Like, and, oh. yeah, you, you guys. I, I'm liking the movie less hearing hearing you guys describe it. Just really dragging it down. Uh, well, anyway, we see the city of Boston. Okay, good. And then we see Lacey. One minute into the movie. We see Lacey Chabert waking up to a rose lying next to her. And her husband is staring at her kind of creepily. And... Well, most women, when I do that to women, they do stare at me creepily. Now, granted, I broke into their house that morning. This right. this is a perfect example of thing the thing we've joked about before of taking like the plot of the Hallmark movie and doing the Lifetime version of it. If this were a Lifetime movie, he would have been there wearing a black hoodie as he stared at her. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it and then he would have right. like taken off all of his clothes and been there standing there naked. And he would have stabbed her with the rose. Right, exactly in the in the office. Okay. <laughs> um. So then they're being all lovey dovey. And they live in this big, humongous house. But yeah, it's like it's this castle in Boston. It and again because I don't remember much about these movies, I was like, "Wait, was he a prince?" I don't remember that plot line of him being a prince too, because that is a big hallmark trope. But I don't think he was. I think he just he came from a lot of money, though. I did remember that. This is like the castle in the. Last unicorn. I mean, this is something right. like John. Or in that. <laughs> or in that. Did you guys ever watch that old show? Uh, don't don't something the daisies. And it was no. about this family, and they lived in a castle. Oh, please don't eat the daisies. No, and they, never, never it was like that. an old TV show, and they all lived in a castle. I, I never heard of that, but uh, the, one of the uh, the ongoing plot points in this movie is they're doing like renovations on this this house castle whatever you want to call it and they kept running into more and more problems and the entire time i'm like isn't wasn't a major plot point of the first movie was that he came from an enormous amount of money so why are they even fretting over these changes and fixes yes and I do love the fact that the that you knew there was going to be a problem because the contractor came out and the contractor's like, your house is quirky, and that's never good. Mm-hmm. We then see a taxi, and Sam, I put Sammy and the other one, actually their names are Tracy and Emma, yeah. show up. And... Um, well, for, first, uh, it was brought up when we're learning about all these problems with the house that Peter's mom, who I think we met in the first one too, she used to be an interior designer, and she's and offering pretty. to help. Very pretty. Yeah, yeah. Very she's offering to help. Peter's kind of hesitant to it, but uh, Lace's character, uh, Avery, she is totally on board. Yes. 
which on paper would set up that, oh, they're going to clash over the renovations. They did not because there's never any conflict in Hallmark movies. No, because he's a pushover. He just says yes to everything that that she wants. Well, but he's he's a passive-aggressive pushover. He's kind of a dick, too, though. He is, and he also is. But wouldn't you think that if you're setting up like, hey, my mom wants to help renovate, and your wife is like, yeah, that's cool. Right. Like, wouldn't it, just in terms of... an interesting-ish story, wouldn't it make more sense if maybe they didn't agree on everything? Yes. Yes. And it's like, you know, um, the w- wedding veil, trouble in paradise. Yeah. That would have been really good, actually. Um, yeah. Right? Make it interesting. So, so, then, um, so then Tracy and Emma show up, and they bring the wedding veil, and they also bring a christening gown. Actually, and this is where I thought that would have been interesting, too, if they're like, okay, now we have the christening gown, and everybody who gets the christening gown gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. Everybody that, touches it. But, again, that wasn't the case. <laughs> they, but, I did love, but I did love that Sammy was like, I am not touching that, that uh, christening gown. Yeah. <laughs> but First I, of all, that reminds me of Tracy Morgan. I'm going to make you pregnant. Yeah. But right. also, I, I at first, and we were – we were discussions about this earlier when we weren't recording that I kind of admired at first that Sammy or whatever her name is, you know, she said she didn't want to have a baby. I thought, Oh, that's nice. You know, they're respecting the fact that a woman might actually not want to have a baby. And I love the fact that on days of our lives, Sammy has four kids by four different men. But I, I agree with what Kurt was saying. They were setting it up like, oh, we're going to be, a, you know, the, the whole new hallmark. And we can talk about women who are making the choice to not have children. And it's okay. But they hit it over the head so many times in this movie yes. that Kurt and I both, I think, are in agreement here. That it, it, it immediately negated any kind of like, yes, women. And now it's like. Oh yeah, you're gonna be backed in that stereotypical corner, and you're gonna it, it's gonna be that storytelling thing of like, actually, I do want kids. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what they were. That's what it seemed like they were setting things up for. But I was kind of yeah. thinking that it kind of seemed to me that Sammy was having trouble in her marriage. Well, didn't her character in the her first uh, movie that focused on her? It was she was having trouble in a relationship, and didn't she end up with somebody else? Yes. I highly doubt Hallmark is going to go super progressive and have her find yet another new man. Well, because, I mean, this is three years after the last movie. I mean, that'll be a big swing. Well, we didn't do this. This this Wedding Veil movies were a year ago, right? No, 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 no. But in the movie, we find out it's three years later. I thought they said it was two years later. Or two, two or three years yeah, later. I, I think it was three years. Um, oh, and so then Lacey then tells tells the other ladies that she had a false positive pregnant. Oh, they went out to they went out to dinner. They were ordering wine. She's like, I don't want any wine. And then they're like, Are you pregnant? And she's like, Well, I had a false positive, and I'm still not sure though. Because I guess it was a home test, and it was a. She said she had a yeah. She said she had a false positive home, uh, but she still wasn't sure. 
I was surprised. I'm, oh, go ahead, Kurt. I'm sorry. I was going to say, it annoys me that these ladies are like Siamese triplets. And they, they always, every time they, every time they talk on the phone, it's the party line. You know, they, they can't talk like one-on-one. The three of them have to be on the line. Again, I think right. that was just a thing of, hey, we've, uh, we're paying them to be in this movie so we can put them in the credits and promote it that way. So we may as well use them. Right. And these are our three most expensive actors. So we better get our money's worth. What's getting under my skin? Um, so, so then they're all, and, and they kept on mentioning, let's go to New Orleans. So one of these movies, they're going to end up in New Orleans. For sure. Well, that I agree with. I love New Orleans. I was with Les Kirkendall Barrett in New Orleans. Yes. At a gay bar, yes. right? Yes. Uh, were we at a gay bar? At one point, yes. Kurt, whenever we're in the same city, I always drag you to gay bars. On purpose. And sometimes, sometimes Jason, I'll tell Kurt to meet me at a gay bar and purposely show up late. That happened, yeah. Once or twice. Well, I'll tell you what, Kurt. When when you're in L.A., we're going to meet you at the Abbey, and I'll purposely be late so you can have some cake. Yes. I will, yeah. I'll just just avert my eyes while you're eating the cake. That'll keep the guys away. Um, Oh. Okay. Oh, so um, so who was? It? Oh, so one of them. Oh, it was Lacey. She said that I guess one of her coworkers got a job at the Getty. Yeah, and I sort of vaguely remembered her boss in the first movie was a woman, and the, that character's yeah. name was Sonia. So basically, they needed to write Sonia out of this. Uh, so they could give Lacey a new boss, which is like the only even hint of conflict we see in this movie. Um, so they they wrote that character out. So then this is the part that was like annoying me because why didn't she just tell her husband, I think I might be pregnant? Because she calls the doctor and he walks in and she gets all weird about it. Yeah. So he he's like, he, and he's like, why are you acting weird? That's true. Her, she's kind of walking around eggshells with, with this husband. You, I think you said it earlier today, Kurt, these people are acting like they're the first people that have ever had a baby. Yes. Did I say that? You said something along the, oh, okay. It it just, uh, I understand why they wanted it in the script that she's like trying, like she wasn't trying to hide it from him to be deceptive. She was trying to hide it from him until she knew because she wanted to surprise him because she thought it was going to be a beautiful thing. Right. But they took it but, to ridiculous you know, lengths. It reminded me of like, remember the I Love Lucy episode where she was going to tell Ricky that she was pregnant with little Ricky? Mm-hmm. And she went through this elaborate thing. I did think about I Love Lucy. Yeah. And and, and okay. then, he had, then he had his band play a song and it was her. It makes sense that they did that back in the 1950s, though, because the network wouldn't even let them say the word pregnant. That's what I was thinking. When they said pregnant on the show, I was I was reminded of I Love Lucy. And then they were in the same. They kept showing them the same bed together. Not much was going on, but, uh, you know, I love Lucy. But remember, also, it's like back when, like, Wilma was going to tell Fred she was pregnant with pebbles. Yeah. 
Well, also, like if you've seen being the Ricardos, that is, parts of that movie are are based on reality, just sort of not on the correct timeline. And that was a real thing back then. The network didn't even want to write her pregnancy into the show. Right, a baby was just going to show up. Also, we have to keep in mind as we're comparing. I Love Lucy was a groundbreaking show with genius comedic talent. This movie is a flat, boring movie with vanilla performances and will never be remembered. Nope. Unless my friend, unless our family friend from um, Pennsylvania visits again and asks me if I've seen these movies. Cause you're a romantic and you're like, how dare you? So you're saying Kurt, that, that the wedding veil expectations is not in the same league as I love Lucy. That's correct. Okay. That's right. <laughs> So, um, so the guy, so the new, so the guy replacing Lacey's, uh, uh, boss, Sammy, actually, Sammy actually knows him and Sammy hates him. Now on Days of Our Lives, on Days of Our Lives, when Sammy Brady hates someone, she makes their lives miserable. You know, she'll, she'll switch their paternity test. She'll sleep with their husband you know she'll she'll sneak pills in their in their drink you know sammy's very vengeful that way i would have welcomed any and or all of that in this movie right but in this movie since it's hallmark she just said i don't like him he's not completely out of earshot when she says it this guy doesn't seem that bad like i say they treat him like he's like stoppo or he's like a member of the manson family but he's um he seems okay. He drinks coffee that the Lacey Chabert doesn't like the smell of. Right, because she's pregnant. Or she ends up, when we find out she's pregnant, which she is. Yeah. You know how with certain pregnant women, with certain smells, they're sensitive to certain smells. Her thing is she's sensitive to coffee smells. Um. So... Oh, this is when she calls her friends and she says, I'm seeing another man. There's another man in my life. Yes. And And they just assume she's, you know, she's she's getting wounded at the Motel 6s, you know. Right. But it was actually the contractor and she loved the contractor. Right before that, there was a beat where she called to make a doctor's appointment uh, to check and see if she was pregnant and the doctor, she was told by the receptionist, the doctor was out of town and she was going to have to wait like an extra week. And that detail was dropped because the, like the next scene, like she's already seen the doctor. I, I yeah. don't know why they, they needed that beat in there. It, it must've been like an old version of the script and they just never edited it out or something. And we're in the 2020s. Why didn't you just use follow my health or whatever porthole your doctor has and make an appointment? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Jump in a porthole. Oh, so, so the dining, so like uh, the dining room, then they find out the dining room has leaks in it. And so like this yeah. house is just, uh, this house is like that, that was it Tom Hanks movie, The Money Pit. Yeah. Money Pit, yeah. Um, so, so then she's shopping with her mother-in-law 
And wait, wait, wait. Oh, you, ju- you keep jumping ahead here. <laughs> Try to oh. figure out where. Well, you, you were checking out during this movie. Okay, well, go ahead. The, well, they're in bed. We see them in yeah. bed. They keep implying that something's going to happen there. This, well, the, about the thing that happened in this scene is the thing that made me the most angry about this movie. And that is while they're, they're in the bed and they're talking about the mother and, um, you know, because Peter's hesitant to have his mom like helping out with the decorating. And Avery's like, I think she's lonely. Maybe she needs to find love. So we know that that's going to set up a plot point. But then they turn off the lights. Oh, that's right. They had the clapper. Yeah. They had a fucking clapper joke in a movie in 2023. Like, really, Hallmark? Really? What what a lazy fucking attempted humor. (laughs) Then again, we brought up that I fall and I can't get up woman. I I think talking about the fact that the I've fallen and I can't get up woman did personal appearances, I absolutely think that is worth talking about. It is. I would have loved to have had oh. her at my party or something. I, I wanted to mention something about the woman. I, I wrote this. I, I did write a little uh, poem about um, the fact that this mother-in-law needs to get some action. Oh. Oh. oh wait. Oh, wait. Hold yeah. on. And now a poetry report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. This is in regards <laughs> to the mother-in-law. Here we go. She could lick it, she could ride it while he's slipping and sliding. She could do all the little tricks that keep the D up inside it. She could smack it, she could grip it, she could go down and kiss it. And every time I leave her alone, he always tell her he'd miss it. So that's it. There you go. <laughs> who, who is the, the actual artist behind that's that Nicki song? Minaj. Nicki Minaj has that song, The Super Freaky Girl. How do you know that? You Like, you of all people, I'm how do you know those to, lyrics? I'm listening to contemporary radio these days. Oh, I really got into this Nicki Minaj song. In, in fairness, that song is no longer contemporary. It's playing on the radio around here. Like, what station? What station are you listening to? I don't know. It's the top, top forty hits, man. Casey Kasem. No, they're playing all Casey the hits. Casey Kasem, who's been dead for like ten years. Casey Kasem. They're playing all this stuff, man. It's the clock. Casey Kasem no, they, has a radio no, these, are, these are It's the current hits, man. <laughs> Casey I hear, I hear my Kasem. Car. And I, and I had it, I was listening, listening to that song on repeat. I'm into the Nicki Minaj. Les, did you think when we were starting today's podcast that we we would expect to see Kurt spitting some rhymes? I did not. I did not. Kurt shots well, us every week. Obviously, I had a plan. Wow. <laughs> I knew it was coming. You're like Eminem in 8 Mile. Right. I auditioned for that movie. Did you really to play to play rabbit? No, I auditioned for. Um, I I actually did. I actually met with the uh, casting agent for this movie. Um, no, I auditioned to play the Mackay Pfeiffer role. But here's the thing: Mackay Pfeiffer role was uh, originally offered to Giovanni Ribisi, so they really? were kind of going in that that direction. Oh, so, so for real, you actually auditioned for that role? I did. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow. So if you, if you had been cast that song uh, Lose Yourself by Eminem, Eminem would have name-checked you instead of Mackay Pfeiffer. Well, Mackay Pfeiffer rhymes with something in that song. He goes, it ain't but no he, movie, it ain't no Mackay Pfeiffer. See what it says? Yeah, yeah I think it, it says no Pied Piper. Kurt Fitzpatrick. Well, he would have had to yeah. use a different word leading up to uh, 
Fitzpatrick. Yeah. What rhymes with Fitzpatrick that we could put in a rhyme? Hmm. Well, licks. Well, licks. Cat. Hat trick. Something about hat trick. Hat trick. Yeah, I'm. 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 Uh, you know, he's talking about. He's probably doing something in a series of threes in the song, and I'm pulling a hat trick like Kurt Fitzpatrick. Boo 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 boo. Yeah. Oh, there's a there's a story. About <laughs> there it is. There's a story about Seth Meyers, not Seth Meyers, Seth Rogen, and um, uh, Jason Siegel, and they went uh, to audition for Eight Mile, and they probably were there the same day I was because the way they're describing it is the same experience that I had. I had to bring a friend to read the other roles, like off off camera, and that's what that's what the they had to do, and they were they were telling the story about how unusual that was. They, yeah, they were. Reader. They made you they bring your reader. own reader. I had to bring a guy. I had to bring a friend of mine, and he, and I think I met with the, the 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 main casting woman. Yeah. Because there were when I did the sign in sheet, there were like there were actually well known well known people who signed in before me, like Bijou, Bijou Phillips was there, and a few other people. How I got into this thing, I, I don't even think I had an agent. I, I I got in somehow. I just had the look. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Who knew? Kurt's brush with fame. Oh, I got all kinds of stories like this. Kurt's brush with hip hop. Stick around. Stick around. Right? Right? She could look it, she could bite it. Well, oh, yeah. So so anyway, so then the, the rapping mother, this is when she went to, they went to the, <laughs> the store. rapping right? mother. <laughs> no, I was rapping about, don't give the mother credit. I was doing that. I'm rapping about the mother. So so the mother who was rapped about, then they go to the furniture store. <laughs> and, and, so, and this is where the mother touched the wedding veil too, right? Yeah. She was holding it. Like, holding- like Avery went to go do something. She's like, oh, can you hold this for a second? Hands it to her and steps away. And that's when the mother sees uh, this guy that she dated before she, da- she was married to Peter's dad. They were engaged. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. So then he meets her and he checks her out and he asks her out immediately and she he leaves and she's all flustered and she's like he's she turns to Lacey and says he's a man from another life what and, life is that yeah well uh, obviously that, a busy life that's when the mom her. started rapping yeah What's yeah she that? became a rap stress yeah. no she became a subject of a rap she could be both. Yeah. Yeah. She could be both a famous rapper and a, uh, and a famous subject of a rap song. Yeah. She could be someone's muse. Eminem's muse. Apparently she's mine. Right. So so then late so then obvious so then apparently Lacey doesn't cook because she's always getting takeout. So she's she's at the pizza place. She's ordering takeout. I don't understand this. Was this a reference to the other movie that she was into pineapple pizza? 
I don't think they brought that up in the last movie. I think they kept saying it in this one as a shortcut of saying pregnant people have unusual cravings. Right. Even though I eat pineapple on pizza. Yeah, I, I like unusual. it. But I, but I think it's like widely known that that's, you either love or hate that. Right. I love it. You know, you know, the attempts at comedy, at least the attempts at romance, at least it's a decent, at least it's a fair swing. Let's just say that. Yeah. But the comedy, let's, whoever's, you know, again, back off on that. People. Clapper Joe, come on. Bad. Like, at least make it one of those home assistants. Right. So, so she's so she's really funny. The, he's so he's so rich. He has an actual home assistant who like walks over and switches the light off. That kind well, of well, you would think it's actual Maybe, ask know. Jeeves. Right. Whatever happened that to him? Who asked Jeeves? Yeah. He. I think he retired like Mister Belvedere. Uh, I don't think Mister uh, Ask Jeeves is a computer. Shouldn't he be alive? Yeah, like, uh, like the the Coca Cola. What's his name? Max Hedrum. Well, well, there was also you know, a clipper. What's there was also like a big paper clippy, clippy for Microsoft yeah. Word. Didn't I would have ask, preferred a clippy joke over a clapper joke. Didn't Ask Jeeves get replaced by Google? Pretty much. Well, yeah, Ask Jeeves had really good marketing out of the gate, but Google just had a better product out of the gate. Yeah. Um. Oh, so so yeah, so she's in her Italian restaurant being lazy, not cooking. So she's ordering out again. And and I'm not sexist people because I'm married and my husband and I take turns cooking. But anyway. So she realizes that this is where they had their first date. And so she wants to have a romantic night. And oh, their anniversary is coming up. So she tells the the guy that she wants to sit at the table that they sat at on their first date. That's not what she said. Oh, what did she say? So she's trying to make this romantic night at this, you know, uh, Italian place that that they love so much. But she wants to sit at the bar where they met. This woman who is pregnant. Is like, you know where I want to celebrate that is at a bar. Right. Sitting on a stool. And then would he come in and go, hey, do I know you? And she'd say, oh, well, no, I'm waiting for my husband. I just think it's odd that she would want to celebrate that at a thing that reminds her of the thing that she can't have right now. Well, you know, it's lazy. She's plucky. Yes. She could have a club soda. So so then so she goes home. Peter's sick of takeout and tells her. And all he wants to do is help kids. Because he has the charity. He wants to help kids and he's frustrated. Did you and get what he was so stressed about throughout this movie? What? It was never clear to me. And maybe I missed something. Like what? what was this thing he was preparing? preparing for and why was he stressed out and it wasn't it 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 yeah. felt like a false obstacle yeah so then he starts talking about his dead dad and I see dead people exactly and he talks about how his dad was into what was it a lawyer right or something and he was into science and he felt guilty 
he felt he felt guilty and she said don't feel guilty because you followed your own path because he didn't go in the family business he wanted to teach kids instead yeah but since he was filthy rich he could have a teacher's salary and it wouldn't even matter because he was filthy rich so he could do it and be magnanimous and still have a great rich life are we talking about clark and grace right now no, we're talking about Peter. Because you said something about science or whatever. I I don't know. I don't remember Peter having this oh, conversation. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, I wait, think wait, you're talking about Clark and Grace. Yeah. Science. I know what you're talking about oh. science. You're saying that uh, Peter oh, is the husband, right? Peter yeah. is Avery's husband. Yeah. Okay. I, I write Luke because he looks like somebody named Luke. Um, yeah. Peter said that his father, or did we already discuss this? His father was like very science driven, whereas Peter was kind oh, of in the arts. Okay. He was in the arts, okay. and so his father didn't. But we knew that from guess, the first movie. Well, we had was, to rehear it. Because, yeah, because he was saying how he felt guilty that he didn't follow in his father's footsteps. Oh, man. Are you stressed and, out about his volunteer work he's doing? That's what's happening. And, and she was like, well, no, because you followed your own path. Which is. Working as a volunteer? I guess. Well, okay. And so, oh, so then Peter says that, oh, my mom is dating and I'm not happy about it. And she invited us to dinner with them on Saturday. And Lacey didn't say, oh, you know what? I actually made a reservation for us. She didn't say anything. She just called and canceled the reservation Mm -hmm. when she could have said, you know, that is so great, but I already made a reservation for us. She No, she actually did say that. She's like, hey, remember we talked about uh, doing that romantic dinner? We were doing that on Saturday, and he kind of pushed through and said, no, my mom, like, she wants me to meet this guy. And then that's where you punch. That's when you jump in and say, well, I'm pregnant, and I wanted to tell you that I'm pregnant. Uh, Yeah, I agree. But instead, but he had a legit. I was gonna say he had a legit reason for not for being a little worried about a man being with his mother, because the mother apparently is richer than Rihanna, so he's afraid that some guy's gonna get in there and get a piece of the action. That is a valid concern, but it also means that he assumes that his mom is naive, which I don't think this character was. No. Okay. Yeah. Right. And she's a, and she was a very attractive woman, by the way. Gotta watch out. Yeah, but you know, you know, people get dickmatized. Yeah. I learned that word on the show. True. That's true. true. So she could be dickmatized. Um, the, the the blood could have flown out of her brain. True. It happens all the time. Do you think movies. the character of Clark was capable of dickmatizing people? Well, you have that blue pill. Do we? <laughs> Don't remember them mentioning that. <laughs> Is that a dickmatizing effect? Clock man dickmatized her. So, so they're at dinner. The mom, Grace, was wearing chunky. She was wearing a ch- she was wearing chunky jewelry. She had a chunky necklace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they're and they're talking at dinner. And I wrote, she's actually kind of cock blocking herself. Because she was talking about her dead husband. I see dead. 
<laughs> and he says, you know, he's making the moves. He's like, I've been wanting to hold your hand for a long time. And then, yeah, so he's making moves. So then we're back at the office. And the assistant is getting the evil boss coffee. And Lacey's get keeps getting, that's another running thing too, is she keeps on getting sick from his coffee. Yeah. And he has plans for this museum that they're at. He wants to turn it into like MoMA or LACMA. I don't know a, a lot about um, the art world, but I don't think it's common for an established museum to drastically change what kind of art they're presenting there. I agree. I agree. Cause he was making it, he was making it sound like it was like a, a, a corporate business. You know? You know yeah. He was, was going to make art exchanges. What he's explaining some of this stuff. Uh, that redheaded woman who works there. Oh, who looked like Joan from uh, uh, Mad Men? Uh, not Mad Men. Mad Men. She looked she a looked little like bit Joan. like her. Hmm. But Christina Hendricks is pretty hot. Well, she looked like a, a broke yeah. Christina this, Hendricks. This woman was as attractive, but maybe not, not as. Hendricks. Not that level. Front cur- front, maybe not as front curvy. She was not as she was not as voluptuous yes. as Christina Hendricks. Christina and I used Hendricks to love oh my god. I used to love Joan on Mad Men. I loved her. That show is so great. This show is this movie. Joan, is remember I remember Joan ended up open, owning a chunk of the company because she took one for the team. Remember that? That's great. Didn't watch the show. I, I tried oh, watching it in season. I tried watching in season one. And the pace of the show was so slow, and I, I just oh. didn't watch shows like that back then. I know I would like it if I saw it now, um, and now that I sort of, in in retrospect, realize that the pace was deliberately slow to sort of match the way things were edited from that time. Uh, oh. But I, I didn't realize, you know, how long ago was that? 15 years, 20 I years? Knew. I tell you what, though, Joan was a modern woman because this guy was like, they, they were, this guy was like, I'll give you the money to save your company if I could sleep with Joan. And then the bosses were all like, well, Joan, if you sleep with him, we will give you a chunk of the company. And then they were like, Joan was like, okay, I'll do it. But then they were like, Joan, no, you really don't have to. And Joan went and did it anyway. And then Joan owned a chunk of the company. Here's the thing too about Mad Men. So it's not it's not like an exciting show like you know like Breaking Bad. It's not like it's not like a dynamic show like that. But it's just great. It kind of moves at its own pace. Mm-hmm. It's not the kind of thing you want to binge watch. I don't think. Joan was my girl. But I think I think Mad Men <laughs> is one of the best one of the best shows I've seen of all, of all time. As I said, I, I right. know that I would like it if I watched it now. It was at that point in my life and the kinds of things I enjoyed, it just didn't align with what I liked, so I didn't watch it then. But but now I, then, would, I would totally enjoy it. And then Peggy grew up, and now she's a handmaid. Yeah. I used to like Peggy, too. 
I never saw The Wire. People always say that's like the greatest show ever. I never I've never seen that either, and everybody says that The Wire is like the best show ever. That. Well, maybe so, we should power through this terrible movie so we can watch all of those it. things. Well, this movie must just somehow remind us of these great well, shows. We're, no, we're uh, just constantly derailing ourselves because we don't want to talk about this one. We're, we're, we're trying to okay. remember shows that were great. Yes. No, the blonde, the reason I want to say something about the red-haired woman is because she looked absolutely shocked. She looks like shell-shocked when the guy is like explaining what they're going to do in an art exchange or something oh. like that. She's probably bored to tears like I was. Oh, so that wasn't a shock face as much as a yawn. <laughs> right. Yeah, she didn't have her mouth open, so I didn't really, maybe I didn't. She's, she's probably contemplating her demise like I was while watching this movie. Oh, oh okay. So, so Grace his, tells Peter, guess what? I got a date. And that's when she tells Peter, you know, this was a man that I was engaged to before your father. And then Peter is, is like just an absolute douche. And he's talking to Lacey and, and because Lacey knew about the guy and he's like kind of mad at Lacey. Like, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, well, she met him and I probably knew that you were going to be a douche about it. So that's why I didn't say anything. And then she's like, and also it's not my business to tell you. It's her business to tell you. Damn straight. So then, oh, so then they were going to sleep afterwards, but they couldn't coordinate their claps for the clapper. And I'm sure Jason was yeah. like infuriated. I couldn't coordinate my anger with the things I was throwing at the screen. <laughs> um, it is bad. So, so then, oh, so then we find out, so they're at, um, they're, they're all at dinner. And we find out that Peter actually has nothing to worry about because Clark was a retired doctor. And not only was he a retired doctor, he was bored, so he took a job at, at Harvard teaching. Didn't we find out he was a retired pediatrician? Yeah. He was. Yeah. Why the fuck did they not use that as a plot point? Other than mentioning that he was a pediatrician. Because half of this movie is spent with Lacey uh, trying, and then later her husband trying to hide the fact from everyone that she's pregnant until they get past that first trimester. Why the fuck didn't this guy notice her nausea bracelet, which they made a plot point in this movie? Why the fuck did, when they mentioned earlier in the movie that her doctor was out of town, why didn't this guy somehow, in the writing of this movie, come in to save the day? You well, are angry. Yes. Because it, it was lazy writing. Lazy Chabert. It was lazy. Somebody writing. needs to walk in that fucking writer's room and clap the light uh, off and hire some new writers. And then at one point, Peter was such a dick. Lacey had to pull him aside and say, hey, cool it. She said, you. Because you're being a dick. She was like um, Sean Penn at Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Because even, because yeah. especially, so he was concerned about his mother, since his mother is a wealthy woman. But then... When he finds out that the guy is actually going to be teaching at Harvard, 
he gets even more mad when you would think that, oh, wow, he's teaching at Harvard. This means that this means that this guy has a shit together. You know what's starting to bother me? And this did bother me while I was watching the movie. These people act like they have problems. And even Lacey Chabert is so frazzled. Ah, like you people don't have problems. No, no. I mean, even if you look at the grand scale of problems, they're not even they're not even making a quarter way across the grand scheme of problems. <laughs> oh my lord, that's we kind sk- of insulting. We skipped a whole beat of this movie where their that's, basement was matter. flooded, and oh, that was coming up. And, no, it already oh, yeah. happened, and oh. and they st- uh, they decide they're going to stay at the Astoria, and Lacey gets this the honeymoon suite, and there's rose petals, and then Peter gets there and is thrown his back out from shoveling water and falls asleep on the bed. Right. So oh, that's still can't tell. tell. Yeah. So she still can't tell. He should have just laid flat on the bed. And they could have gotten it on that way. Right. And then TJ, guess what? I'm Prager's. He just falls asleep. Yeah. And snores. She's not going to put up with that for long. No, she's not. Maybe well, she no, it's, it's, it's Hallmark, so she probably will put up with it for years. For years and years and years. Oh. Depressing. <laughs> so, so then, um, oh, so then at work... Lacey finds out that her boss wants to get rid of the portrait of the wedding veil. And Lacey is pissed. I actually and agree with her on this point. Even though I don't care about this fucking veil, it was such a major plot point in these movies that this this portrait and how they, they found it in the basement of that museum. Like, the museum owns this very, in the world of this movie, very famous unearthed painting from this very famous artist. Why the fuck would they be like, ah, we're just going to get rid of it? Right. And so, meanwhile, the house is even in more disarray because now we find out that, yeah, the pipes were were replaced, but the foundation is cracked. So the house is just like just a piece of shit. And... What do they fix that? Uh-oh, I've lost my spot. I lost my... Oh, here we go. Foundation is cracked. The foundation. The foundation is cracked. He said, you and can see then it. Peter yells at Lacey. I was like, "How dare you! La- how dare you yell at Lacey like that?" What did he say? And then, and then Lacey ends their fight by saying, "Oh yeah, well I'm pregnant. I'm fight over." And so now he's being nice because he's like, oh, my God, you're pregnant. And acts once again like she's the first person on the planet ever to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. The population could finally continue. So, yeah. So, so yeah. So she's keeping it. She wants, yeah. So she wants to keep it quiet her first trimester. And then, um, but then she, of course, tells her, her two best friends. And then, what was that? Well, she sits in a in a junky room, and and she sits there and she fantasizes about being a nursery. 
and when they they so they like uh yeah the room was just filled with junk and then it transformed it in the nursery in her like sort of like dream sequence and the nursery had this giant like massive sharp piece of wood that they fashioned into a sailboat as part of the decor and i'm like that looks like a kid could impale his or herself on it right now here's another thing that they made a big deal out of that they did nothing with peter has an idea because he has a meeting with these executives and he gets this idea um why should why don't i bring the kids that i help with me to this meeting yeah but they never did anything with that no oh they, yeah we never saw that they, they, yeah. and they could have what i was thinking was going to happen which would have made a lot of sense if somehow because they pointed out that like one or a couple of the kids like really have some raw talent that one of these kids was going to do something that was somehow inspired by the veil or this other artist and they could have like kids doing a tribute and that way it's tying in his world to hers and how his kids and that famous painting can help save this museum and they don't need to do them or maybe it could be modern interpretations they could sort of combine all these worlds and make everyone happy right but they did not no they made the audience (sighs) unhappy so then Lacey calls Sammy to ask her for advice because she hates her boss and Sammy hates him too and I wrote well the real Sammy would have really told her how to fuck him up but this is She's a different character, so she couldn't she couldn't share her evilness. Because remember, Sammy is the woman who, to get back at a guy, she shot his balls off. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. In, yes. I will say, in the in the world of these movies, she is still kind of the black sheep. Like she, you, she's the, the in a hallmark a hallmark version of badass because she wears pleather. Oh, see, don't what mess with does. Samantha Jean Brady. Shot a guy's balls off. You gotta have good aim. Well, you know, depends on how big the balls are. Don't mess with Sammy. It depends on how big the balls are. They're if they're enormous, you don't have to have great aim. You just have to have something to lift up. He had had to lift up for her to shoot him off. Or or maybe she, you know, point down. Sammy escaped. She escaped the electric chair. She was gonna get the death penalty and got got away. Sammy's badass. Electric chair. So, so then, what else happened? Oh, so then Lacey, so then, so then Sammy or Tracy, and calls Emma, and she's like, "We need to go to Boston." Now they went to Boston a lot, like on a whim. It was fine for Tracy because Tracy was up. in New York. Like That's not jobs. that far. But Emma lived in San Fran. Yeah, and so they would just show up. It's pretty big burden for Emma. They look like they have serious jobs, too. Whenever they're on the phone, they're like, walk you to a meeting. I don't yeah. know. But we, no, they can just pick up and leave now. We know they have serious jobs. That's what the past two, uh, two movies were about. But they're all in the arts. Hey, ladies, if you could just pick up and leave your job uh, whenever you want to go to Boston, maybe you're not necessary at your job. Yeah. Wow. That, that was the opinion of Kurt Fitzpatrick, not of this podcast. Right. Hey. That could also apply to men. Is that what you said though? Right. And animals. If there are any animals, like I know there are a lot of animals working in Hollywood, different different you know, trained seals and things like that. If they can leave and go to Boston, well maybe they're not necessary for their job. Yeah. 
Don't don't at me at Kirk no, no no just it was a broad statement. So what's the spelling abroad in that sense? Broad statement. Broad. What did I say? It wasn't controversial. Okay. So so Sammy and Emma show up, and the executive director knew Sammy. And Sammy just was like, hello, executive director. Mason. Hello, baby. And he was like, Sammy, hello. And she gave him her evil, like, Sammy look. And that's like, that's like on Days of Our Lives, the, the voice that she gave him, that's like her Sammy voice when she's about to, like, kick your ass. So, so, I have something about a sex weekend. Did the two old people go on a sex yeah, weekend? Yeah, they went to Martha's Vineyard yes. and then extended their trip. Yes. Clark was getting it in. Yeah. Getting it hard. Yeah, he's getting it in. Awesome. Because of that well, Viagra the detail or that, that blue pill. What? That blue pill. Yeah. So, so then they all go out to Italian food. And Lacey is eating a bunch of pizza with pineapple. Yeah, and that's supposed to be funny. There's yeah. also a hilarious bit, we skipped over this, where the other she's on the phone with, all, with everybody, all the ladies. They're exercising, and she's eating a donut. But you know what I thought? I could see Kurt Fitzpatrick doing that. <sighs> yeah, if, if we did three-way calls beyond when we record the podcast, it would be like less doing yoga. I'd be like you know, uh, in my like fit class, like jumping on a box and Kurt would be like cutting a slice of cake at I a craft totally service like table. I, I totally do yoga it. too. Yeah, but I do yoga too. You do cake yoga. But, well, for the purpose of this podcast, I have to go along with the cake because that's my brand. <laughs> right. Your brand. Oh, and then someone, oh, so Lacey, like when she was, so this is another dumb plot point. So when she was canceling the reservation with the guy from the Italian restaurant, mm-hmm. she couldn't just say, oh, something came up or, oh, you know what? My husband didn't know that I did this and he made other plans for us. I apologize. She lied and told the guy that they were getting a new car. And that was the big news because that that's why she yes. made the reservation. It was like she wanted to – it was a, a surprise for Peter and so the guy asks, like, oh, what's the surprise? And she blurts out, I got a new car. Now, here's the deal. I'm married, and there are times where I will plan something or I will reserve something, not knowing that my husband has something else planned. Every time, I would say 100% of the time that I've had to cancel something and explain that, people are very understanding about it, and it's no big deal. Yeah. And also, she doesn't owe this guy anything. She, you know, even if it's her, he's a friend, you just have to say, like, oh, something else came up. Right. Yeah, but then this leads to something really dumb. Um, she feels so bad about lying that she goes, she buys a minivan <laughs> so that she's telling the truth. Yeah. First of all, it doesn't really work that way. You still lied. If, if you think you lied, you lied. Right. If you think it makes a difference. See, that's a rich lady problem. I write it wrong. Honest, I wrote in my notes with, that it wasn't just like she went and bought a car. She bought a minivan and specifically said she wanted a minivan. And I know that's like used to be the shorthand for, okay, I'm a parent now. But I didn't even think they made minivans anymore. And then yeah. she, they showed up in one and it was actually kind of nice. But I, I didn't understand why that was important in this movie. 
And I would, wouldn't you get a minivan when you have multiple children? She had like one kid. Yeah. And it was a baby. Minivans. Yeah, mini. Oh, oh, okay. There's a 2023 Kia Carnival. That's a minivan, apparently. Sort of. They had something nicer, though, because they had money. 49000 This is 49000 49000 for a Kia? Kia Carnival SX Prestige. Wow. Well, that's why. Well, that's. That's why it's called a prestige because it's forty thousand dollars. We an advertisement at the Value Key in Philadelphia. Um, wow! Feel like oh. one of the wedding veil people. So, so she asks Tracy and Emma to be the baby's godmothers, and that's another thing that I thought. That I even thought I thought, wow, that could be another bone of contention. She could ask them, and Peter could have two other people in mind. Or there's a rule. There's that. a hard rule that you can't have more than one god. Yeah, since when can you have two godmothers? I never heard that nonsense. Well, the whole concept of naming godparents is sort of ridiculous in, in reality anyway. You know, I didn't even know who my godparents yeah. were until I was like rummaging around upstairs and I found it, I found it written in a book. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the, on paper, it's supposed to be if, heaven forbid, something happens to your parents when you're young, then you'll the godparents are the ones that are going to step in and, and be your caretakers. But the reality is there's probably other family members that are, it went, you know, when something like that does happen, there are family members or friends that are better equipped in that moment to take care of the children, and they're the ones that step in. <sighs> I tell you what, I wouldn't want my godmother taking care of me. Mine's dead. <laughs> What's that? I, I see dead people. Oh, sorry. I see dead people. Always, when we're talking about my godmother, what was that? The... My, my godmother oh. is still with us, uh, but I don't think she listens to the podcast. She's still alive? My godmother She's is still no alive, longer yeah. with us. No. My, my godmother is no longer with us, and I... When she was, I wouldn't want her to be my parent. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, so then. Family show. So, oh, 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 oh. Oh, so then Peter gave another dad monologue. Mm-hmm. And then what yeah, else? This guy should be uh, counseling. Yes. Um, oh, 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 oh. So then they're hanging out at home and the contractor. So she, so Peter and Lacey are hanging out at home watching TV and the contractor is there and they're watching the news. And there's a segment about this guy who's talking about like old houses. And the contractor is like, oh, that's a friend of mine. We hang out all the time. And so... I thought, oh, ding, 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 ding. This guy's going to be back later. Yeah. And so, so then um, they were talking about the Red Sox for some reason. And he was talking about how his dad liked the Red Sox. And um, so, so yeah, she was, so then Clark asks Grace, uh, to go to France. And Grace says no, because I'm still caught up in uh, with uh, my dead husband. Uh, I wrote, oh, wow, she's getting dicked. 
I wrote, she's getting dicked by a ghost. (laughs) 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 Not literally. Well, she said he was still in my life. So I was like, literal, I guess literally. I mean, and then this is the part that made me mad. And I even even messaged you guys about it. She dumps him and then she's like, well, can we still be friends? I was like, no, bitch. You use that line on me. No, bitch, we can't be friends. Can we still be friends? Like, what if are we going to do, braid each other's hair? Right. Like, if she would have just ended it, then I could see, like, okay, yeah, sure. Didn't, you know, you're not into me. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're, my husband, my, my dead husband is better than you. I don't want to be with you. Can we still be friends? In my like, younger no. years, in my younger years, I once suggested to a girlfriend <laughs> that I had girlfriend that she could be friends with my previous girlfriend. You, you, you two could be friends. She's like, what, what are we going to do? Braid each other's hair. Oh, that, didn't, uh, that idea didn't go over well. Sorry. Kurt. I, I, I now, did, I skip any... that okay. did I skip anything? Uh, I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think we can see what's going on. So, so then we find out that Peter's meeting was a success, but once again, they missed the opportunity because they didn't show him going to the meeting. He, so he said, oh, I brought the kids to the meeting. But they didn't, they could have shown him going and taking the kids to the meeting, but they missed that. Yeah, this like off-screen obstacle from him didn't serve his character, didn't serve the, this, the moving of this movie along. I don't know why they were they even had it in the in the script. Now, next, what was the problem? What was he so? I don't know. About? I legit don't know. We don't know. We were kids to the meeting. And fun oh. fact, I don't care. But this next part, care. though, <laughs> this this next part, though, I was impressed, and I had mad respect for this guy. Oh, because so Lacey's on the phone. She's talking to her friends. She's talking shit. She is just shit talking and shit talking this guy up and down. Mason, you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. And she's just shit talking. And he was so stealthy. She turns around and he's right behind her and she had no idea he was there. And he eavesdropped on her entire conversation and was not noticed. So you were impressed by him in this moment. Yes, I was so impressed by him. Okay. Because she turned around, and he had been there the entire time. And he just, like, had snuck up on her and stood there and was not, like, made no noise, made no movement, and she just shit-talked her way into trouble. And she admitted on on the call that she was pregnant, which she was trying to hide from him. Right. And then, and then the look in his face was ooh ooh, and now I can blackmail you too. Because that's what the Hallmark movies are all about—is blackmail. Right, blackmail trouble. <laughs> and how progressive was this? I know you, you guys were being hard on me because I said, "Ladies, you're, you're going to get fired." Well, I'm not going to repeat it. But they were—they kept showing her having these like hormonal problems and like screaming, you know, crying. At Kurt Fitzpatrick. Hey. They showed it. I thought it was a aff- uh, offensive. Isn't necessarily the word. Again, it's just like lazy writing of we. 
like on one hand, I I like that they feel they can portray women as more fully realized and as you know going through these things in their every day, but also. It doesn't need to be sort of the caricature of, oh, I'm pregnant, I have crazy cravings, and my mood swings. Right. So obviously this movie was written by men. I also say when I said ladies, I'm specifically talking about the two characters in the movie. I bet this movie, was this movie written by gay men? Uh, Let's look. I never made that that music of, let let, let me Google that for you. Um, There's music for that? Oh, Google Music. No, I was gonna I was gonna make some music or like an intro for it. How are you gonna uh, find out if the writers are gay? Are you gonna like look up who they are and then, then Well I'm gonna see first of all if it's if it's uh, <laughs> Yes. That's one of my filters on there. I have like age, body type, and do you write Hallmark and Lifetime movies? Um who wrote this? Hmm. Sorry, my Computers or any stuff. This got seven point four on uh, IMDb. Uh, three women wrote it. Out of ten. Out of ten. Yeah. Oh. It, so the because the, the, these are based on books. So the writer of the book is Lori Wilde. The this novel was called "There Goes the Bride." Um, and then there are other the writers at the teleplayer, Sandra Berg and Judith Berg. Oh. So maybe because I was going to say that, you know, sometimes people write things when they haven't experienced it. Maybe they were some maybe they were people who had not experienced pregnancy. But since it is three women, maybe that was their experience. Maybe they uh, these two women have experienced pregnancy, but haven't experienced carrying around a fucking veil to fall in love. Right. Maybe these ladies have not experienced writing a good movie. Oh. Cool. Oh, so so then Lacey, Lacey goes to the contractor and she's like, hey, can I speak to your buddy who does the news reports on old houses? And then she has a monologue, I'm pregnant and I can't cope. She has the I'm pregnant and I can't cope monologue, which... By the way, it's like, you're not even at your third trimester yet. What are you bitching about? You're not even showing yet. Is this because they don't know what to do? They're just hopeless? They're at their wit's end? Well, no, because I've, I've had friends who've been pregnant before. And, you know, around the eighth month, a lot of my friends who are pregnant around, like, the eighth month or towards the end of it just were just miserable. Just miserable. I'm sick of this. Get this baby out of me. I'm done. I wish this would just be over already. Yeah. That would have been a fitting monologue if she was like that pregnant. But she wasn't even showing yet. So, you know, what's your problem? You know, or I've had friends who the baby was supposed to, like, the baby was late. And they were just like, oh, my God, this baby is late, and I just want this Mm -hmm. done. But my doctor is making me wait a little while longer before they induce labor. I can even see that and her having a breakdown like that. Because I've seen breakdowns like that before. But no. She's like, so what's the first trimester, the first three months? Mm -hmm. 
So she didn't even have like a bump yet. Like she didn't have like a, a paunch, a paunch yet. Nope. So, so the guy talks about it on the news. Well, she's on the news, right? Like she's yeah. on the news. There's a, there's a whole news shoot going on at the museum. Right. And this makes uh, this story is creates such a stir in this town outside of Boston, or maybe even in Boston, that there is a line of people waiting to get in to see this veil and this painting, which they didn't they presumably have a line in the last movie? Yeah, and they wanted to touch the veil too, right? Yeah. They wanted to see it again. Yeah, I guess they wanted to touch it. No, these women were like... I want to get married, and I don't want to have to go on a show like Married at First Sight, so I'm going to go and touch this no. veil. I could see that. I mean, I could see people showing up. No, I can see people showing up. I feel like we've already gone through this beat in the other movie. So why why is this an important piece in this movie? They had so many other opportunities, like that christening gown. Uh, you could have had you know the kids doing something with their art that would bring people in. But we're bringing people in with the same thing that they were already there to see before. Because, yeah, I would have loved the plot to have been a pregnant, the, the christening gown now that goes around and, and they're like, nope, don't touch it. Or, like, put a glove on before you touch it. Don't let it touch your skin. And have that, like, be the storyline. That would have actually been funny. Well, you kick it. You kick it. You, you, so you get pregnant, like, right like because of that? Well, it just brings you, you luck the same way the veil did. Yeah. Like, so. we're not talking, like, a virgin birth. Like, you touch the veil and you're going to get a baby also wasn't there a big plot point of a baby born out of wedlock or something in the first trilogy so this christening gown could have absolutely played a role in the storytelling here yes well anyway let's end this shit so then we come to a wedding (laughs) (laughs) we cut we cut to a wedding grace is getting married to clark and then I guess it's after nine months later because the baby is there. They said it was seven months later on screen. Seven months later, the baby. Oh, they can keep the Amici. They can keep the Amici painting. Yeah. Right. Inside that. So there you go. And then next week is the next one. Why were, wait, why were Tracy and Emma at um, Grace and Clark's wedding? They kind of explained that. She said, she said, oh, I told them the story. And, so they got invited because yeah. they, the, the mother liked the story involving them. Well, all I know is that hot Italian guy better be in that next movie. Who? Or, or there will be hell to pay from Les Kirkendall Barrett. This guy, was he very, he was very, very briefly in this movie? No. no the next one. Because oh. the next one's about um, Autumn. Autumn Reeser's character. Autumn. Emma. Yeah. Next week's about Emma, and then the other, the third movie will be about Tracy's character. And if you remember the first three, they of uh, the the three main guys, those guys only appeared in one movie each. It was the the women that appeared in all of them. Oh, yes, okay. but since this annoying guy was in the whole movie, I'm hoping that the hot Italian guy will be in the whole movie as well. I think with he different will. outfits that I can take pictures of. Okay. No, because you know what I ended up doing over the Christmas season for all of my Christmas events, a lot of them, except for your event, because I had to wear pajamas. 
I wore a turtleneck look. Okay. So it worked out. You can rock that Steve Jobs. It was, it was, you know, and it was inspired by him. He, he helped my winter wardrobe. So this one's about spring and summer. So let's see what he brings. So you're just excited that you can go shopping because of the movie. Basically. You made people wear pajamas to your party. It was literally a onesie party. Yeah. So we were all in pajamas. I have multiple onesies. I found a cute onesie for Jason's party too. Yeah. It was a cute Christmas onesie. It was cute. That I wore all through Christmas. I have overalls. Would that be a onesie? No. No. You gotta follow the you gotta follow the dress code, Kurt. I've I've multiple this year I had a gingerbread man onesie. What? Uh, last year I had kind of like a slutty one. Not slutty, but like sexier. Uh, I've got a uh, Beast from Beauty and the Beast onesie. I've got Spider-Man. I've got a panda. I've got like six or seven adult onesies. Kerr, you're going to be in California next month. Are you going to be able to make it down to L.A.? Or in March? No. I'm not going to be there that long. I'm going to be in Fresno. Oh, I was was having fantasies about going to the Abbey. But I wanted to. I want to aim for being there for Halloween. Done. Yes. Let's do it, and then we can do a live show. Yeah, let's do it, Kurt. Okay. Kurt for Halloween. How? Because Halloween is it? Well, actually, it used to be a spectacle here. It's not much of a spectacle anymore. But we can make it a spectacle. And it speaking of spectacles, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me. <laughs> On Instagram at Kirkendall or at my website, which is leskirkendallbarrett.com. Jason. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, leave us five stars. That way other people can find us. You can find all of us on Instagram and Facebook at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Big Shot Jason. Kurt. I am at KurtFitzpatrick.com. It's Kurt with a K. I'm going to be at the Rogue Festival in Fresno, as we were just discussing, with my show, The Jester of All Maladies. That's the first week of March. That's pretty much it. And by the time this comes out, I probably will be done, because I am in Orlando, Florida, at the Orlando Fringe Mini Winter Festival, and my shows are tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but this will probably come out after I'm done, so I, too, will be at the Rogue Festival, and you can find out more about that at FresnoRogue.com. I was going to go out, but I think I'm going to, now that I'm in, I might just stay in and go to bed early, because I open tomorrow, and we're doing a big performer breakfast tomorrow with like everybody that's fun the whole cast of characters so until next week bye bye bye